We have seen many Christian churches that have patriotic services. I see Christian politicians posting patriotic statements on social media and such. So I'm asking the question today, is it Christian to be patriotic? Would Jesus approve of American churches singing patriotic songs? Would Jesus be a patriotic American? My name is Paul. I'm in Fresno, California, and I love to look at current events and look at them from a biblical perspective, like a real biblical perspective, not just the evangelical Bible perspective. When I was the senior pastor of a brick and mortar church where people came four Sundays a month, I would never allow an American flag in our building, much to the chagrin of some of the more right-wing conservative people, churchgoers. And I even had a gentleman in our church buy a huge American flag. And he said, I'm going to donate it to the church and you can put it on the stage. Isn't that great? And I'm like, no, that is not great. Um, and then uh, he said, well, we'll put it in the foyer. And I said, no. And he's like, well, how about this hallway? And I said, how about your living room? Um, and he took his tithes and offerings and left our church community. So did I not want an American flag in our Christian church where I was a senior leader because I hate American? No, that's that's a lazy bullying tactic of right-wingers who try to use their patriotism, and I put that word in quotes, as somehow uh, a superiority or a supremacy marker. You'll you'll be able to see this on you on YouTube. Uh, I want to share a a video that I did about this this week. Patriotism has no place in the Christian church, unless your church is following Jerry Falwell, Ronald Reagan, and Donald Trump more than Jesus. Yet Fourth of July weekends in churches will be filled with this. Carrying a flag into the church. In the Christian New Testament, Jesus is never once quoted as commanding allegiance to a flag, to a country, or a people group. In fact, he says the kingdom of heaven is above such allegiances. And the New Testament literally breaks these things down, saying there's no longer slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, saying you could no longer have your connection to God be through your inheritance and your nationality, but rather through an internationality and a connection with all of us connected to God. Yet Christian nationalism in America has taken over our churches. Jesus never endorsed a need for a religious takeover of government. He never endorsed the zealots who were the nope. January 6th insurrectionists of the first century. <laughs> Yet the Christian New Testament still says the people chose Barabbas, a zealot, over Jesus. And Christian nationalism today 
is choosing zealotry and insurrection again over Jesus. Sorry, God has nothing to do with that patriotic fervor in a Christian church. Yeah, no, I believe strongly that Jesus, WWJD, Jesus would not do patriotic songs in a Christian church. Why? Because he said the kingdom of heaven is above borders, nationalities, religions, and everything else. And uh, the New Testament talks about no longer slave nor free, Jew nor Greek. That was a huge statement in Ephes uh, in Galatians that because many believed they were favored by God because of their heritage and their religion. And the New Testament of Christianity is then saying, nope, who you were born to has nothing to do with whether God likes you or not. And that was a very, very radical thing to say. And what religion you are in America, whether you uh, vote Republican or not, none of those things have to do with who you are as a, as a good person in relationship to the goodness of heaven. I know some of you maybe don't struggle with the term God. So let me just say God, as you may understand whatever the divine spirit to be. But let me explain to you why I wouldn't allow a flag in the church when I was senior pastor of a brick and mortar church, because I think it is in opposition of Christian teaching. And we see this in uh, the book of, of John chapter 11. This is a, one of those passages where I, I had read the book of the gospel of John so many times. Uh, remember the gospel of John was written many years after the other gospels, which were written many years after Jesus uh, had been purported to be on earth. Um, but I had read this passage many times. We see uh, John talking about the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And then we immediately go into this meeting religious guys are having to say, oof, we're hearing stories of this Jesus raising a man from the dead. That's going to cause us a problem. Uh, and so in John chapter 11, verse 45, it says, many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. And some uh, of them went to the religious leaders and told them what Jesus had done. So the, the chief priest and the leaders of this religious group gathered in council and said, what are we to do for the man performs many signs if we let him go on like this? Now listen to this, John eleven forty eight. If we let Jesus go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and will take away both our place, other versions say temple, and our nation. So what does, what does that passage say? This passage is saying, wow, this Jesus guy is starting to get a big following. And now everybody's saying he's raised somebody from the dead. And so that, that's going to increase his following exponentially. And what's the problem with that to them? They're going to say, if that happens, the Rome is going to believe that there's an insurrection going on and they're going to come down and they're going to take away our ability to practice our religion, and they're going to take away our ability to preserve our country. Do you see that these religious 
people that Jesus called whitewashed tombs in the Bible, hypocrites who had, he had nothing good to say about them. They believed it was their job that, that God wanted them to make their country great again, that, that their belief was their job was to overthrow the government and put their religious beliefs back in charge of the government. And they, they believed if that would happen, their country would be restored as the economic and military power of the world. And they felt that that was important because they believed God's plan on earth could only exist if MIGA happened, if they were able to make Israel great again. Does it sound like any religious people you know today, the ones singing patriotic songs in the church service who believe God needs America to be the economic and military power of the world to put God's plan in place. It's a very bad interpretation of the Bible, and it actually puts American Christianity on the side of religion of the people who God, who Jesus called whitewashed tombs and said, your father is the devil. And isn't it interesting that uh, when in the story of the Bible, that when Jesus was being tried, the people are said in that story to choose an insurrectionist, a January 6th zealot uh, over Jesus, because Jesus was a pacifist and a, and a, a, a man who, who wasn't willing to say, yes, zealots, let's go overthrow the government. And because of that, the people chose the January 6th insurrectionist Barabbas over Jesus. So I want to hear from you. What do you think? Would Jesus be in favor of patriotic songs being sung in a Christian church service on a Sunday morning when, when he said the kingdom of God is higher than any country or religion or place? Do we understand that when Jesus was sitting with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, he was betraying his nationality and his religion? In, in fact, the, the religious leaders said of him, are, are we right to assume you have a demon and are a Samaritan? They believed that Jesus was a sinner because he hung out with sinners. And Jesus didn't advocate, yes, zealots, let's go create chaos so we can overturn this despotic Roman government and make our country great again. Nothing of Jesus' teaching endorses a right-wing Christian nationalist view of Jesus' teaching. Now, you can take some Old Testament, what Christians call the Old Testament, what is actually the Hebrew Tanakh, Hebrew scripture, and say, oh, well, there you can see where God blessed them, and, and out of that blessing, they were able to conquer their neighbors with their military might. But isn't it interesting how Christians, right-wing Christians, will choose the parts of the Old Testament that they want to, to support their view of what they should be doing, and then totally ignore other parts. Nothing in the New Testament, nothing in the Christian Bible espouses uh, a love and worship of military might and a belief that our country will be Christian 
if we take over the government and input Christian laws, and then once our our laws are Christian, then our country will be made great again, and God's plan will exist because we will once again be the economic and military power of the world. I, I would say, what would happen if we as Americans celebrated the times we didn't go to war, if we weren't so certain that our military is what makes things right in the world? Definitely, you can argue uh, World War II, our, our military was important. We had to fight. I'll, I'll give you that. But very few other wars, you could say, really were justified as being freedom giving. Most of them were to either, most of them were economically driven. Let's be honest. We, we needed countries to be friendly to us so they could help us economically. And so we would voluntarily try to displace their government uh, and put in one uh, of our own desire. And it's interesting to me that we celebrate on July 4th in our churches our violent origins of our country. And does it not give us then the, the idea and maybe even the need to say, well, now we have to be militarily able to create violence on a regular basis. And we spend over $140 billion a year on military, more than I believe the next seven largest militaries in all the world combined. And think about just, just a small fraction of that money could feed and house every poverty-stricken child in America for a year. But instead, we spend it on an ability to create violence around the world because we were born in violence. We celebrate our ability to create violence and thus Perhaps we live under a curse of having to maintain our ability to create that violence forevermore. And where do I get that from the Bible? Um, well, Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Matthew tells the story this way. And behold, one of those there with Jesus. Sorry, I got to look around my camera to read this. With Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to, to the disciple, it, it was Peter, we're told in another gospel, put your sword back into place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think I cannot appeal to God and he will one at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? So often our, our right-wing Christian friends will say, well, Jesus told them to get to, to sell their cloaks and get get swords. But then if you read that whole passage, the, the disciples say, well, we have two swords and Jesus is like, okay, good, that's enough. He didn't say, go get a whole bunch more so we can overthrow the Roman government. He said, oh, we have two swords, good. That will fulfill, uh, that will fulfill the prophecy of scripture. So we're good. He was not advocating to be a second amendment extremist. And then when Peter, who had been asleep, jumps up and cuts off the ear of an enemy, Jesus says, put that sword away because if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And could it be that America and our love of our ability to create violence has cursed us to live in a need to maintain that violent nature, that violent posture, and our ability to create violence forevermore? And we celebrate that violence 
on our holidays, even in our churches, by singing patriotic songs. Would Jesus be in favor of that? I would love to hear from you in the comments. Douglas says on YouTube, um, it, this is a point I was going to make too, Douglas. This is really good. He says, interesting that we're the, quote, greatest, but we had to engage in war to gain our independence, unlike Canada or Australia, and they're not drowning in medical debt. It, it's so true. I, I think we don't, you know, Americans were so proud. Yeah, we beat the British and we, we chased them off. Aren't we amazing? And we miss that so many other countries, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, they didn't have to fight for their independence. And, and, and in many ways are a more peaceful people than us. Um, and certainly less individualistic, less screw you, I'm going to have my gun, you'll pry it from my cold dead fingers, because our love of violence and our belief that violence has made us free and made us a great nation, and that Christianity endorses that love of violence, it makes us a people who have to defend ourselves and trust in our ability to create violence as our protection. So therefore, I believe strongly that Jesus would not endorse patriotism in church services, would not endorse singing patriotic songs, would not endorse the American flag being on the stage. Now, I've seen some churches that will have like many, many flags from all over the world. Maybe I give more room for that. But to be in a church service and do the Pledge of Allegiance, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America in a church service when the kingdom of God is supposed to be above nationalities and borders and such things, I find really difficult to, to see how anybody makes the biblical case without cherry picking the Hebrew scripture, what Christians appropriate and colonialize and call the Old Testament. You can cherry pick some parts of that and maybe make your case. But I say Jesus never, ever endorsed that stance. And what we see in this nationalism in the book of Jonah in the Hebrew Tanakh is Jonah saying, I want God to kill my enemies, not have mercy on them. And Jonah told, the, uh, told God in, the, in that story, I would rather be dead than live in a world where you have mercy on my enemies. But we've built up this image of ourselves that, that we fix the world for God with our ability to create violence through our military. And thus, we are enslaved to that need to be a military might forevermore. And it's so interesting in John 11, there were the religious people saying, it's our job to preserve our religion, our religious freedom, and our country. And the problem was, if people, we're not going to be able to do this if people actually follow Jesus. And I think we could say the same today. Christians are like, we have to preserve our religious practice and our country to maintain God's goodness on earth. And I think Jesus would say, that is poppycock.
What do you think? Would Jesus endorse patriotism in American church services? And I say no. If you haven't subscribed to my Inspire You newsletter, I wrote a blog about Christian nationalism and what this idea of what if we celebrated not going to war instead of constantly in our churches celebrating our country's ability to create violence in America? What could we do? What, what difference could we make? And would Jesus support patriotic fervor in Christian services? If you haven't gone to my website and subscribed, uh, I would love your help financially. You can subscribe for as little as $5.99 a month, up to $100 a month, and help spread our message. Thanks for joining today. That's our Bible talk. WWJD, would Jesus be in favor of patriotic fervor in a church service? My answer is nothing in the Bible supports that premise.